in five, four, three, two, one. Let's get this mother. Can you give us your view as to whether or not there is a housing bubble out there? Well, unquestionably, housing prices are up quite a bit. I think it's important to note that uh, fundamentals are also very strong. Very strong. What? Listen now. Oh yeah. Well, hello everybody. I know a lot of you were probably expecting me to say, Mr. Chan, how's it going? And then Mr. Chan would have said something, it's going good, Ricky. I know that was probably a very bad impersonation of Mr. Chan's voice. And Mr. Chan, for when you listen to this, I am sorry, I'm doing my best. It's just you have such a unique voice and such a voice filled with so much curiosity that it's hard to impersonate. But anyways, I know a lot of you might be questioning, why is Mr. Chan not in this podcast? Have Mr. Chan and I broken up? Well, no, I'm kidding. Mr. Chan and I did not break up. The thing is, is that sometimes in life, things happen that you just can't do a podcast. However, this is the question. Do you just sit down and cry about the fact that you can't do a podcast? No. You find a solution. And that is what Mr. Chan and I have done. In situations where one of us cannot do a podcast, that doesn't mean that we won't do it. We one of us will cover for the other. In other words, next week I won't be able to do the podcast, and Mr. Chan will cover for me, and he'll provide you with a bunch of good, amazing, awesome information with regards to last week's recent events. But today I will be doing that for you, and hopefully you guys enjoy this and learn a little bit and learn something new, learn something you had not learned before, learn something you can teach your grandma, your mother, your dog, maybe if you talk to, to him a lot. I, I've seen, believe it or not, I've seen a lot of people talk to their dogs, really. And I, you know, I, I talk to mine, I do. And then I wonder, like, is he understanding? But maybe they do. I mean, it's just a matter of body language. But anyways, enough about dog conversations, which I'm sure people find very interesting and they can, we can have a whole 12-minute discussion about dog conversations. Let's talk about last week's event and what I consider to be the most important, I guess, events. Yes, what I consider to be the most important events with regards to this podcast or with regards to the markets. Now, last week, the non-farm payroll report, which is the jobs report, which is an indication of how many jobs were added in the month of April in the United States, expectation by the mainstream was approximately 200,000 or more. And the reason why the mainstream is probably expecting this is because a lot of them are buying into this whole narrative that the United States economy is going through this amazing recovery and everything is bright and shiny like a song from the Beatles. Here comes the sun. Well, no, the sun ain't coming. We're probably going to go into a storm, the perfect storm. George Clooney won't even know what to do. He's going to be like, what is happening? That is the reality of the situation. So people were expecting 200,000 because they were expecting here comes the sun. No, instead, we're just getting closer to, you know, being George Clooney in the perfect storm. We got 160,000 jobs created. Now, another news was that... And the unemployment rate went from 4.9% to 5%, and the civilian labor force participation rate went down to 62.8%, and the unemployment population ratio is now at 59.7% versus 64.7% in 2000. Now, let's dissect all these numbers really quick. First, with a non-farm payroll report, so 160,000 jobs were created, which is below expectations of 200,000. Now, the interesting thing about missing expectations is that in this bizarre world, 
instead of the market following that downtrend, which demonst- which it demonstrated this whole week, it actually reversed a little bit up. Not that much. There wasn't much of a rally, but I... Well, I don't know what I was expecting. I'm right now not even sure what to expect. This world is so crazy. But instead of the market going down, which would have been the normal reaction, okay, bad news, the economy is showing signs of weakness. Therefore, the earnings that companies are going to report are probably going to be lower and not reflected the current stock price. Therefore, I should sell and buy at another opportunity. No, that didn't happen. The market did. It went up and rallied up. The question is, why? Well, we've gotten to the point where bad news is now good news. And that means that bad news implies some sort of easing or no rate hike or some sort of quantitative easing. So when the market saw that, instead of selling off and continuing the pattern that it illustrated in the past week, it went sort of up because it was a sign that the Fed might not raise interest rates, which is something that the market doesn't want because it implicitly understands that if debt goes up, the party ends. And what I mean by the party ends is basically the cost of debt rises. And when you have a system that its foundation is debt and the cost of debt rises, then you are, you are sure to see some unintended negative consequences. That is not to say... The solution is to print more money and to keep interest rates low. No, the solution is for rates to go up and the the United States to go through the recession that it has to go in order so that resources which are now being produced can properly be produced in accordance with consumer preferences. But until production does not match reality, we will have eventually and continue this drive towards a cliff. I mean, the cliff is inevitable. It's just a matter of which uh, cliff are we going to drive. Right now, we're either left or right. And if you go right, okay, there's going to be a cliff, and it's going to be bad, because it's going to be bad. But if you go left, it's going to be really bad. You probably die. And I don't know. Bad things happen. The point is, one of them is worse than the other. But the Fed, going back to the uh, rise in the markets, all that implied some sort of Fed-induced easing, therefore the market went up. Whether or not that is going to hold this upcoming week, I'm not sure. It all depends. We have to see the data that's coming out and see how people react to it. But the fact that I don't know, and I guess some people don't know, shows you how volatile, how sensitive the whole system is to information and how one information can be the tipping point to this Ponzi scheme, really. But anyways... With regards to the labor force participation rate, that has been a big theme, this whole recovery, and the reason why a lot of economists argue that the unemployment rate has gone down. The labor force participation rate includes a number of people who are actively searching for jobs or have jobs, and that has gone down. The narrative is because of the demographics, that a lot of people are exiting the labor market because they want to retire. But when you actually look at the numbers, you see the opposite. You see that a lot of people are exiting the labor force because they are discouraged, because they can't find a job. And what we see is that young people who are entering the labor force, they enter with a big amount of debt due to their their debt finance college degrees. (laughs) Debt finance college degrees, yes. And we're seeing them get out into the labor force having difficulty finding jobs. And we're seeing older people who want to retire not being able to retire because of the rising standards of living. I mean, <laughs> the rising cost of living, not rising standards of living that the United States is experiencing. So it's very depressing and sad to see the labor force participation rate go once again down to 628 
And just to put it in perspective, I mean, it wasn't, we haven't seen numbers like this since the 70s. So it's a, it's a serious matter. It's a serious matter. And all of that, at the end of the day, gets reflective on the consumer and on the fact that consumers are weak and they can't, they can't purchase as much things as they want if it's not financed by debt, which is why I think uh, credit card debt recently went up uh, to, I think, 29 point something billion. I might be mistaken, but the point is credit card debt has gone up because the consumer is having a hard time trying to, to live and has to resort to debt in order to continue, continue its consumption. So talking about debt, though, a very important thing that happened recently was Mr. Donald Trump, controversial Donald Trump, coming out and saying that the United States has a problem with its debt. He recently said that in his uh, interview in CNBC, and he didn't, I mean, he didn't go into detail of what will happen if the U.S. doesn't restructure. He didn't because that's that would, I guess, be political suicide. I don't know. But he did mention that the United States has a problem, Not a, didn't go into detail of its implications, and that uh, the way that he would solve that problem is through some sort of restructuring. And through that restructuring, either that means that our creditors would accept Forty cents a dollar, except less than the nominal amount, which which was agreed when the bond came into exception, or there would be some sort of refinancing. However, since we're basically at zero, I don't see how there can be a refinancing. So the only solution that Trump could do is to restructure. However, if they were to restructure the debt in the context of providing less nominal payments than the actual agreed payments then that would have some serious political consequences because you just have to look at who are the creditors of the United States, you know, China, Japan, France, uh, just to say some countries, but China. If we were to think about the political consequences of this, it would be insurmountable. Not to say that there aren't going to be future economic consequences. I mean, the Fed is in the corner and the future of the United States implies some sort of negative consequence. So we'll see what happens. But the point is, I think it's uh, very interesting that we have a politician who has gotten a lot of momentum recently come out and talk about the debt, which is a taboo subject in the mainstream media and something that only gold bugs say. So it's very interesting. And he's right to the extent that it is a problem. Now, is he right with the solutions? I mean, the solution would be, in my opinion, to, you know, restructure and pay less than what they have or default. But I don't think that's what politicians are going to do. I mean, impossible. You never do that. Not in your term. All you want to do is be in power. I think they're just going to kick the can of the road as long as possible and as long as the markets can hold it. So we'll see how everything develops. And um, that's a lot of the big news that happened, I guess, recently for me and in the, on the whole context of the Fed decision. Now, do I think is the Fed going to raise interest rates? No, I don't think the Fed is going to raise interest rates. I think the market will not allow it. The market will sell off and will give signs that we want more easing. I mean, the market is like a heroin addict, as Peter Schiff said. Uh, it needs more heroin in order to keep itself alive. And the reason why it needs more heroin is because it needs that constant injection of liquidity. In order for you to understand, think of this example. Imagine you have a shop, a t-shirt shop, and there's a friend of yours who has a printing machine, and he prints $100 a day. He doesn't tell you that he's printing them, and he buys t-shirts from you every day, and then he gives 
like ten dollars to other people to buy t-shirts and you say just buy a t-shirt because i really like my friend you know and i want him to do good and then all of a sudden you, you see all this income coming to you so you expand your business and you start doing great and then all of a sudden i guess somebody finds that he was printing money and no longer is that printed money entering your shop. So you find yourself with a contraction in product in consumption of your T-shirts. So you're like, oh, my God, my t- nobody's buying T-shirts anymore. What am I going to do? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So you basically have to fire people, maybe go to a smaller shop, et cetera. And that is basically what is happening right now. The market is not getting that constant injection of liquidity. So they are now starting to question, oh, my God, our earnings going to keep on going up. What are we going to do? We need that constant money. This system needs that constant money. If not, reality sets in. But the thing is, reality is going to set in regardless. It's going to set in regardless. And that's why the consequences are going to be bad. Either it's going to be an economic collapse worse than the Great Depression, or the U.S. dollar is going to lose its reserve currency. Anyways, I think that's enough for today. And if you want to listen to more, stay tuned for our next episode of the Laissez Faire podcast, which will probably be hosted by the great Aaron Chan. And he'll talk about very interesting data points and things that have been unraveling in the market. But for now, I hope all of you have a great day. And remember to like us, share us, subscribe, say mean stuff about us. And just comment, enter the debate, because it is only through debates that we can move from a society of force to a society of reason. So keep on doing that and have a great day.